Who the bloody hell's that? Should indeed. You're listening to the Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. Hello and welcome to chapter 150. I feel a fanfare is required. I know, this is 149. Sure. No, this is 150. Is it? Last week was 149. Fuck my old boots. Yeah. Um, Oh, do you want to start again or will we keep all that in? Well, we'll keep it all in, but I'll start again anyway, just for the purposes of of grandeur. (laughs) Uh, Do you want to give me a little parp? Can you give me a fanfare halfway through? Um. Hang on a bit. What have I got here? Yeah. We got one. I'm just looking what I've got on my uh, machine, but I don't think I can ready. Re- oh, hang on. Oh no, that's bass. That's not brass. Well, I can do it with the piano, but it's a bit <laughs> oh, fast, isn't it? That's that's bass. That's not yeah. brass. Right. Are you ready? Uh, yes. Right. Go on then. Hello and welcome to chapter 150 of the Corona Diaries. <laughs> it's all, you'd have thought after 150 we'd know what we were doing. No. It's not happening, no. is it? No. No, no, no. You've, you're a little, well you're not late, but you've just come back from a little bit of a, a jaunt, haven't you? Hot foot. I've come hot foot from uh, Bicester Village, the Bicester Village. The I mean, Bicester Village. Yes, internationally renowned, uh, as advertised on TV in China and Brazil. Well, it must be because it's full of Chinese and Brazilians. So, um, you know, not to be racist, just a fact. I mean, well, it is. It is. If you've ever been, you'll know. Mm. Yeah, the, um, the the signs on the station at Bista are in um, whatnot, Mandarin. Right. They are. Right. And when you're I on the train, that. yeah, when you're on the train, if you've been, well, when I'm on the train, if I've been to London and I'm coming back to Bista, when when you get nearly to Bista, it says, Oh, uh, when you're nearly there, and that wakes you up, we right. better e- we better edit that out. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, but, but they do. They say, yeah, that. and I'm sure they do. Which wakes you up. On the subject of that slight kind of casual racism, um, <laughs> Alice and I watched an episode of Hello Hello last night. <laughs> God moaning. <laughs> Which I have to say was was particularly special. <laughs> Who's your? It's favorite? one joke, isn't it? But it's done very, very well. Yeah, it's a pantomime. I, I always wanted to redo um, "Hello, Hello" as a panto. I think it would work really well. 
Who would you play in a lower low? In fact, do you know what? Let's cast the band as a lower low characters. <laughs> Who's Rene then? <laughs> oh, Rene. Oh, that's Rothers, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> now you've said it. <laughs> I think we could have Pete as the one who says God moaning or... or, or um, Maybe he could be the the gay tank driver, you know, right? The gay okay, guy that drives the tank. Yes, Pete would do quite well in 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 that. Um, I had Pete down as the as the mother upstairs, just in a you know in bed. Oh, banging on the on the on the floor. Yeah, no, no, that could be Pete. Yeah. What would you have me down as then? I don't know now. I don't yeah. know. What about the Gestapo fella? Well, I could be in drag as one of the waitresses. You could actually, yeah, actually, yeah, you're in drag as one of the, oh, yeah, you are. Take yeah, me you in are. your warm arms. And, and I think, actually, thinking about it, Mark's hair flick, isn't he, of the Mark Gestapo? Mark could be, yeah, Mark could uh, pull hair flick off. <laughs> <laughs> that might bring recording to an end, but... Um, <laughs> That's a, yes, that'd I be a dangerous so. practice. Right. Right, okay. Are we extending it out to the entire... No, we better not extend it out to the family. We better not try and what cast about Lucy Mosley? In this. We've missed him out. Been... Yeah, we're going to have Mosley as. I don't know. He could, be, he could be one of the Germans, couldn't he? He could be the German commandant, perhaps. I think so. Or, um, or who else? Who else was there? No, that he, he'd probably... He could probably be a good, good commandant, couldn't he? Right. We could have a lot of fun with that, couldn't we? We should dress up. It'd be worth doing just to get Mark in a blonde wig with a long black leather coat. And I've seen Mark in wigs. It's really, really disturbing. His face his face changes totally. <laughs> I didn't expect to get to Mark in a wig today, but I'm really <laughs> loving the idea of Mark in a wig. Um. So you're at Bista. Well, I'm back now. You're but back I was, now. yeah. Um, and and explain. And bearing in mind, it's Monday the thirteenth of March, mm. and you're due to be on stage in in PZ on Friday. That's right, isn't it? Hmm. What were you doing? Well, I just thought I'd have a quick whiz round in case I could find something for on stage. Right. Uh, but I, as you pointed out yourself, I have left it till a bit lastminute.com. But um, I think I've been having a bit of an internal crisis about what I am anymore and what I should be wearing on stage and what, you know, what should I be wearing? Um, And should I wear anything much, you know, should I just shuffle on in jeans and a T-shirt? But Lynetta put me straight. I took Lynetta with me. Right. uh, she said, you can pack it in with all the Tom York moody shit. Um, I think she sees me more of a Gary Glitter. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean by that. That works on a lot of levels. I think she sees me as, you know, larger than life once I'm on stage. The problem I've got is that when I'm not on stage, I'm sort of very different to how I am on stage. And so it's very hard for me to sort of quite prepare myself for who I'll be. 
when mm. I'm not them. It's a funny one. Um, anyway, she has a better idea of who's likely to stomp onto the stage than I am. So um, she said, uh, you need a big statement piece, she said. So we bought one. Oh, right. And so I you have can't... procured. <laughs> I, can't go... <laughs> I can't say more or it, no. or it might, you know, might ruin it. But, need but it was a successful trip. Say, I won't be sloping on shoegazing like Tom York. I will be um, nipples apart um, and heroic. Right. Is 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 there something anti-heroic about nipples close together? Having your nipples close together. <laughs> Never trust a man whose nipples are too close together, Anthony. Right, indeed. Indeed. Right, okay. Especially if he's is... got a beard in between them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is already shaping up to one of those episodes. So, mm. hang on then, going back mm. then. Because mm. actually, funnily enough, would you... Right, just before you... Whilst I was waiting for you, I was watching you, right? Oh, okay. Because I happened to, to... I went to jump onto the Merlin website just to see if there was any kind of indication about the port... Uh, Zealand um, merch because I'm still intrigued by this tea towel. Oh, it's a great tea towel, to be fair. Um, and I thought to myself, oh, occasionally before a tour, they leak information of the merch, right? You know, so people can start getting excited. So I thought I'd go and have a look. Anyway, there's nothing there, but in your revolving banner at the top, hmm. the Murder Machines video came up. Oh yeah, which I'm embarrassed to say I've not watched. Oh, it's a good vid. So I watched that and. To that point, you're doing you're doing Tom York moody there, aren't you? Well, that's well. I was in a cupboard. I hadn't got much choice. They um, they, they they sort of Tim Tim just shut me in a cupboard. Hang on a minute. I must just take a a cup of chai tea from my glamorous assistant. Oh, she's going. How there. nice. She came in with the creaky door. Yeah. In that full-on Brexiters mug you've got going on there. <laughs> British bulldog mug has, has entered entered stage left. I quite like my Union Jack mug. I no, I like Union Jack mug. It's quite festive. No, well, I, I've always been somewhat annoyed with the fact that if you're on one side of the Brexit debate, somehow you're allowed to have the union flag, but you're not if you're on the other side of it. So, no. I'm, I'm, you know, should reclaim it. Well done. Mm. Loving your work. What should it represent? What should represent a sense of fair play? Looking after the weak. You know, being reasonable. And uh, yeah. being civilised. That's what it should represent. But it... it it often represents the the opposite, mm. unfortunately. Anyway, back to your cupboard. You're in a cupboard. Yeah, Tim locked me in a cupboard, you know, to make that video because he'd got lights set up and whatnot and he, it was a green screen thing and he said, don't worry, it'll all look great. And um, I said, fine, and cracked on. But, yeah, maybe I was being a bit moody. But, but you had the kind of dark clothes, straight to camera, serious face, lots of expression, 
thing going on, which isn't which is different to you on stage, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it depends what size stage I'm on. I guess you know, I I tend to I'm like one of those goldfish that you know put it in a big pond, it gets bigger. <laughs> Leave it. Leave it in a bowl, you know, it's quite small. I'm a bit like that. Right. You're a goldfish that grows to accommodate the space you've been given. Exactly. Stick me in a big pond. Before you know it, I'm a carp. Right. That might be that might be the pinnacle of 150 episodes, that analogy. It might not get... It might have been 149 episodes leading up to that statement. Mm. A carp with a Union Jack mug. Mm, I think so. And the ability, of course, to use it, because I imagine a carp struggles with a mug. Yes. Yes. A coy no little pinky. Carp. I'm not that coy, really. I'm not a coy carp. I'm no. more of a, you know, outspoken carp. And Lynetta's right, because you're not coy on stage either, are you? Well, apparently not, although um, I tend to view my on-stage persona much as I view my music, which is I try not to be conscious of what it is, you know, in in case... I I think self-consciousness will always lead to... Some kind of, you know, a lack of it being real. Um, so if I ever decide that I am this kind of performer or that kind of performer, you know, I don't want to end up like someone in Guns N' Roses. Or, you know, when you become conscious of your market and dress and act accordingly... There's something very cynical about that and that uh, uh, I, I would hate to be. So I try, even though it's not necessarily very professional, I try not to be too analytical about, you know, what, what I look like, why I look like that. Um, I tend to question it, but I don't... There's nothing premeditated about it, really. I'm not premeditated about what I do on stage. I just do what comes naturally to me when I get out there. And uh, that's what comes naturally to me. Um, And it's the same with the music. I think as soon as you become conscious of what kind of audience you've got and what they want from you and what kind of genre your music represents, you start to lose creativity. You should be constantly really trying to feel your way naturally, I think. And so I do. Um, And so... I'm not that conscious of what I do on stage. I do, you know, I do it, and then I come off stage and go to bed. Mm. But we started this with clothes. Mm. So if you're not that conscious of what you do on stage, and I would agree, I would actually agree with that. I think you do do what you do, uh, and you probably don't. You probably don't ultimately know what's going to happen next. 
Um, no, and I find it quite painful to watch as well. I don't enjoy watching myself in performance. You know, I often have to when Tim's made movies that we've got to okay and, you know, you have to approve it so you have to watch it. And if, I mean, you don't have to watch it, you could just approve it not having watched it. But that's dangerous because there might be just that one shot in there that you'd rather be shot <laughs> than, than go in. Um, you know, so you've, you've got to do it. You've got to put yourself through it. But I don't enjoy watching myself. Um, I don't mind listening to myself singing. Um, I, I had a problem with that for years. And it can get a bit of, you know, you get, you become wet, whoop, what's the word? Um, weary. You become weary, weary of it. When, you know, because you can imagine how, how much time I've spent listening to my own voice when I've been working on music. And it, it, you know, it, and a lot of people go, oh, I hate the sound of my own voice. And I think that's quite a natural reaction. So it does wear you out constantly, um, you know, witnessing yourself doing what it does. Um, but I'm better at I'm better at listening to myself than I am at watching myself. I find that really horrible. Mm. I can see that. I mean, the one thing about doing 150 episodes of this, you you know, that's that's a lot of listening as well, and. Mm. I, I've learned. I mean, I've learned. It doesn't great like it used to. Listening to myself. Hearing yourself. No, you've just got used to it. Yeah, uh, I still. I still can't say I like it. I still can't say I like my voice. But it. it you. The first few times, it really grates. It's really hard. Mm. Um, and then it just becomes. Well, it's yeah. just a thing. No, I don't like your voice either. No, I'm no. It is a minor miracle. It. Yeah, it's a minor yeah. miracle. We got this far, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, really, I'm only, I'm, only I'm only joking. So back to back to close because I'm going to finish on this, right? Yes, yeah. So, but you, if you go back all the way, so let's start with season's end. It's the 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 white two piece thing with the the, the waistcoats, you know, with, and, yeah. And then we got waistcoats for holidays in Eden. I was um, at holidays in Eden. Yes, that was holidays. Uh, our tour was the waistcoat thing with the jeans and the white shirt. Mm. Um, little bit, little bit of the old. Byron thing, a little bit of the old baggy shirt and the waistcoat was quite, mm. you know, it's quite. Um, I think Byron made it onto the H Chopoli actually. I think he's he makes an appearance. In there. Well, we'll come to the H Chopoli in a minute, which yeah. I'm 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 loving the fact you're bringing your you know things in from home um, <laughs> for recording <laughs> sessions, which is great. Um, and then and then you go to and then once we get to Brave, the only the only time you've ever worn jeans and a t-shirt, to my knowledge. Didn't you wear just jeans and a T-shirt for AOS tour? Blimey. Uh, black jeans, black T-shirt. Did I? Mm. Yeah, I might have done. I've, I've totally lost track. of. I remember what I wore for Brave, of course, because that was, that was more that was more theatre, wasn't it? Or Panther, mm. or call it whatever you would. And um, then for Anorectophobia, of course, we wore the Anoraks and whatnot. Um, don't know what war for marbles either. Uh, oh, hang on a bit. No, when did I get into the? Uh, no, I wore a lot of Jean Paul Gaultier at one point with the furry, with the furry shoes, <laughs> and the, uh, 
and the um, and the trousers that used to tear all the time. I wore mm. some um, silk trousers, which don't give at all once you've sweated. I just used to tear the arse out on them every show and put more gaffer tape in them until it was like going on with a chastity belt on. I just got this solid chunk of matter uh, around, around my, your groin, around my groin and my arrows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've all yeah. been there. I think the fur issues were a low point um, in, in so many ways. <laughs> do you do you think do you think you've going through the same phases that Elvis went through? Um, no. Right, okay. <laughs> I was thinking of the cowboy jacket with the tassels on. Oh, yeah, no. No, that, that was... That moves you a bit more towards Vegas, Elvis. Yeah, I couldn't resist it because I I happened to see that hanging up at a clothes fair. I wasn't there to buy anything remotely like that. And I saw it hanging up and I just thought, man, look at that. It's It's a thing. You know, and it's white with all of the beads on it and all the big tassels, and it's like um, it's like a big sort of um, King of the Wild Frontier jacket, but in in a much sort of more, well, yeah, I guess much more in the direction of Elvis. Um, yeah, I don't think Lucy likes that jacket. She, I never asked her why, but I don't think she's a big fan. Um. But no, I have worn that more in more recent times. But I just saw it hanging up in a market and thought, wow, I love that. Um, so I've worn that. And um, what were on the last? Then I, then I met Matey, Philip, from... Uh, he had a... Well, he has a label or had a label called Unconditional. And I'll give them a plug because they've got some pretty far out stuff and philip designed a lot of stuff uh that i wore that i still wear and uh he tragically died of a heart attack a couple of years ago i think but the the label has recently re reappeared so i've been checking their stuff out again but i think they're a bit low on stock because every time you see something and go oh, i'd really like that you, you go online and they've never got it in your size mm. So I think they may be still kind of getting going again, but they're, they're worth looking out for. Mm. Which obviously all starts because you've been to Bista Village, so you've now got something new I have. for this weekend. Yes, Lynetta said, what about this? And I said, you're having a laugh. And she went, no, try it on. I tried it on. I went, my Christ. And she went, that's good. So... Um, yeah. I'm intrigued now. <laughs> I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by what Lynetta's perception of your onstage persona is. Mm. Yes, it may be. Who knows? Who knows what what goes on inside a woman's head? <laughs> mm. But you have got this slight. Not even other women know that, let alone us lads. Um, you've got you've got this you've got this kind of you've got this slight i don't know what's the best way of putting this you've you've got this slight bit of pantomime about you haven't you yes i'd say it's more than slight 
Right. It's, okay. It's barely beneath the surface. Okay, I would agree with that, and and it very much in the pantomime dame tradition as well. Yes, I have. I have been a pantomime dame on the odd occasion. Hmm. That kind of bursts its way through, and then there's a there's is there a bit of Freddy there as well? Bit of Elvis, bit of Freddy. Freddy Star or Freddy Freddy and the Dreamers. Freddy. I was Kruger. thinking Freddy Mercury. Oh, Freddy Mercury! I was making my way towards him by Freddy Star and Freddy Krueger. <laughs> yeah, um, it's an interesting journey. <laughs> <laughs> Freddy Parrot Face Davis. Um, it was a blast back to the seventies for the uh, for, for to, nobody outside England would get. Nobody outside England under the age of 50 would probably get. But, um, Freddie Mercury, well, you know, um, I don't know. It, 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 Freddie was an excellent frontman and um, he had a great connection with the crowd, obviously. I mean, everybody knows this, I don't know why I'm saying it, uh, but... I think if you want to be a front man with a capital F, then you you, you can't help but aspire to to what Freddie, what he you know not not to mimic him, but to aspire to having that kind of power and mm. connection with the crowd. Um, I probably aspire to that. I mean, these days I'm thinking mainly of the connection to the crowd. I'm thinking that that's what it's going to be all about, you know. And as I get older, I think that 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 will become what I'm all about more than anything else, more than performance in inverted commas. It'll be more about connection. And if that involves stamping about and Freddie Mercury-ing around, then, then so be it. But that... That'll be a means to an end, and, and the end will be the connection. Hmm. I like that. I like that. And and I probably would have said that's run through all of the time I've seen your life, but I would agree that it's not diminished, it's built. I would agree with that too. I, I, I think as time's gone by, that connection has become more one of mutual... Um, affection um, and that's wonderful and it's quite rare and I think what what I've become conscious of with this podcast as well and the purples and all the comments that go around is is a sense of affection for me and for and, and for each other and a kind of family feeling that, that is particularly noticeable um, amongst this sort of subculture that we've got here. Um, but, but, you know, it, it very much stands up um, for Marillion fans on, on the whole. And it's something that that's just seems to deepen from one year to the next. And the band is most definitely conscious of that. And that's probably slowly, slowly changing what we're about as well. 
you know we i think what we're about has changed as we've become conscious of um the faith really you know since the first pre-order which which was like a a, a shock um you know the the fact that it was even possible was a shock and then the response to it was a shock and then everything that's followed has made the band much more conscious of a sense of faith and family out there and that's altered i think that's altered everything i think it's altered the music and the words to something else something that has that consciousness what I really like, and I think the podcast is an example of this, but I think there are lots of other examples, is the fact that you've got the band with the connection to everybody as, as an, an umbrella thing. But then you've got all these different projects that go on. So Steve's got his band going on, and you've got Pete doing various things, transatlantic various things, and you've got Mark doing his thing, and you've got the H Natural shows, and you've got things like this. And these separate little groups develop around those projects and it just brings you into slightly closer connection with maybe a slightly smaller group of people in the umbrella. But it's just all a lovely thing because it's reinforcing this this closeness, this connectivity all of the time. And you might not follow them all down. You might follow the main band thing. You might bother Steve, follow Steve's thing if if you know that's the, the thing you're into. But people seem to be going off different directions, and then all this life, all this conversation, all this warmth happens around them all, and it is it's beautiful. It is beautiful. There's no other word for it. It's like what Stephanie said, you know, with the sea of smiles and all of that. Um, there's going to be this happy glow at Portsland of all of these people who are, who are doing this thing that they've waited for for years. That, that it, it's sort of bigger than the band, really. It's it's about a sense of community and like-mindedness. And I love stuff like that anyway. Um, Lynette and I went shopping in Milton Keynes uh, on Saturday. Now that takes dedication. But we were, in, we were in the <laughs> Milton Keynes Centre and right in the middle of this huge shopping centre were all these blokes. Uh, and I do mean hundreds of blokes all building um, radio-controlled cars uh, on trestle tables. And there was hundreds of them, and they were all frantically building these cars and then racing them. Um, and I thought, that's really bonkers, but it's really beautiful. I, I, it, I, love, I love it when subcultures of enthusiastic people with a passion, no matter what it is... Um, get together and do their thing because there's the thing that they're doing and the passion for the thing that they're doing. But that rapidly leads to a sort of a, uh, a subculture of, mm. of like-minded people who probably get to know each other and become mates and, or get to know each other and get married or whatever it is. And I think that's a beautiful thing. It's great that... That as a species, we have the potential to do that, to form into these families. 
these extended families of like-minded passions. I think that's one of, one of the things to be really proud of if you're a, a human being. I concur. <laughs> and I think there's no better place to go from there than Essen. <laughs> there is not. <laughs> Let's go to Essen. Sunday, 28th of November, Essen. Spent the day catching up on the diary and online, paying a few bills. Didn't go into town, cold here again, not really getting above freezing. Soundcheck was uneventful, which is good. Had my picture taken with Don Airy. Early show tonight, 7pm, tea time in England. The band played well, no technical problems at all, and I sang well, felt good. Didn't get quite the same reaction as last night, but don't know why. You just never know. Afterwards, I watched nearly all of Deep Purple's show from the wings by the monitor desk. They were really on form tonight. Monday, 29th of November. Stuttgart, day off. Took all morning to check into the Hilton. Didn't get a room till 1.30. Spent time waiting in the American-type sports bar next door. Palm Beach, or something like that. Had something resembling breakfast, grilled turkey and salad, while looking outside at the snow. Chatted to Deep Purple's monitor engineer, Rob, who was good company. He said he thought that our crew were, quote, such a bunch of nice people, unquote. Finally, I was given my room and had a much-needed shower. Had a chat on the phone with Lynetta before hooking up with Rothers and Pete, and we shared a cab into town to the Christmas market. Actually, the most Christmassy of them all. Stuttgart thoroughly recommended and made all the more atmospheric by the steady fall of snow and the snow-covered stalls and surrounding medieval buildings. Really quite something. Took a few photographs and consumed a bit of glue wine with the crew. Walked round the stalls with Nile. It's a big Christmas market and stretches into the city centre. We bought a few things. Once again, I marvelled at the ubiquitous bottle brush stall. I decided it was high time to make a brush purchase. There were some particularly long, stripy brushes, which I couldn't help but admire. The lady running the stall was a bit of a character, and with a slightly manic gleam in her eye said, Do you know what they are for? I took a stab at radiator cleaning brushes, and it turns out I was quite right. She told me to have a feel. They were indeed very soft. Goat hair! she shouted. Is very static and the dust sticks to it very good. When you have finished, you lay it down on the static fades away. Then you can empty it. Well, I was impressed and immediately made a purchase. Our house is now full of old-style column radiators and this could well be a boon. She showed me another equally stripy goat's hairbrush of the sweeping brush type and said that this was particularly good for wood floors what with the static effect and all. 
for the last 20, 30 years, she said. Well, I had to have that as well. By six o'clock, the cold was beginning to bite and Nile was clearly not dressed for it and shivering. So we found a Starbucks and warmed up with coffees and cake. We wandered back to where the cab had originally dropped me at the edge of the Christmas market and waited five very long minutes at the taxi stand next to an ice rink where kids were busy skimming around. One little tot had a penguin-shaped thing with handles on it and skates on the bottom like a kiddie ice simmer frame to hold onto and remain upright. Brilliant idea. Haven't seen those in England either. Mind you, I don't spend a lot of time hanging round ice rinks. The cab was mercifully snug and warm, and soon we were back at the Hilton. Wished Nile a good evening, and said I'd probably just chill in my room. Spent the evening relaxing and watching Eddie Izzard's hilarious dressed to kill video of his stand-up in San Francisco. Had a long chat on the phone with Lynetta, who's feeling much better, after her strange, dizzy, nauseous thing the other day. Maybe it was something dodgy in the curry. Tuesday, 30th of November, Stuttgart. Spent most of the day quietly on the bus, writing the diary and relaxing. I want to be my best for tonight's last performance with Deep Purple. The Porsche Arena is a fantastic hall, but the backstage maze of corridors is much the same as the other gigs. Featureless, fluorescent-lit, white-painted, functional, not decorative, like a military establishment. The glamour usually ends behind the stage. Soundcheck was a little fraught as Mark's main music computer, the Receptor, which always reminds me of some terrible flesh-tearing dinosaur. I know that's a raptor, but I can't seem to disconnect them in my psyche. Inexplicably ceased to function. We took a break whilst heads were scratched, and it transpires that he had a spare one, which fortunately worked. Hooray! Had dinner for the last time in catering. The food has really been outstanding on this tour, and it has involved superhuman efforts of self-control on my part not to put on weight. No pudding. Although I did cave in one night when it was treacle sponge and custard. You can only push a man so far. Said fond farewells to the catering boys and girls and thanked them profusely for super scran throughout. It's Roger Glover's birthday, so we wrote him a card, which I'd bought yesterday in Stuttgart, and signed it from the band. The crew wrote him one too. He later popped his head in the dressing room to invite us to their dressing room after the gig for drinks. Went back to the bus, but never actually managed to make it onto the shelf. I spent a little time catching up with this diary. It's bitterly cold outside today, although the snow seems to have stopped for now. Bus driver Paul had invited a couple of old folks onto the bus for a look round, so I said hello and suggested they be very quiet upstairs. I think PT was sleeping. Back into the gig and into the suit for the invisible man. The last gig went very well, as indeed all the shows have really. Expectations have been exceeded nightly in terms of the audience reaction. Once again all hands were raised to the very back row of the back wall by the end of Neverland. We must leave tonight no later than midnight, which will just about give us time for a quick soda with Deep Purple after their show. 
I wanted to watch their entire set tonight, so I cheekily planted myself behind their monitor desk among their own guests of wives, partners and friends. The strangest thing happened during their encore of Smoke on the Water. At some point there's a short drum solo, or keyboard solo, I can't remember, and Steve Moore suddenly made eye contact with me and came running over around the monitor desk, barging people out of the way, and, guitar still round neck, threw an arm around me and shouted in my ear, Man, you're a great singer, and a great frontman, and you can do it live. Not a lot of people can do that, man. You're that rare thing. We should do something together if we get chance. And with that, he ran back onto the stage and continued playing the song. Very flattering. Don't think I'll ever forget it. After the show, we made our way to the deep purple dressing room and Roger Glover opened the champagne. We wished him happy birthday and had a few photographs taken together. I managed to get a picture of Niall with Ian Pace and with Steve Morse before we had to run off. I think I forgot to get a picture of myself, actually. Soon we were back on the tour bus and on the road for the very long journey back to England and home. Wednesday, 1st of December. Bus, home. Was woken around 8 to do passport control at the UK border in France before the bus edged its way onto the train which would take us the 25-minute journey through the Channel Tunnel. Back in England, the scene outside was one of thick snow and ice. Kent is under at least six inches of snow and the roads were passable, but only just, and only slowly. I saw many trucks slewed awkwardly and parked on the hard shoulder of the M25. At one point, we pulled into a services and nearly got stuck. A truck was stranded sideways across the exit lane. We managed to reverse back up the road and found an alternative way out, but it cost us a good 20 minutes or so. Not good when you're impatient to get home. As we made our way clockwise around the M25, the snow seemed to die away, and by the time we reached the M40, there was no more than a sprinkling, so progress was much faster. Arrived back at the studio around 1pm, more or less on time, and gradually transferred all my possessions and bags of Christmas market acquisitions into the boot of the blue car, which, to my relief, started when I turned the key. Drove home avoiding the snowy country lanes, the last thing we all need now is for me to end up in a ditch, and dropped an aisle home in Charlton before traversing the long lane towards Brackley and into the village. Lynetta was busy in the kitchen and Little Vibes was at nursery. We were alone with an hour to ourselves. It was good to be home. And for the 150th time, <laughs> we are back. <laughs> back for the 150th time. That's not something people say every day. No. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, Stuttgart, Essen, not going to talk about the diary, though you did have a nice time in, in Stuttgart. You do like Stuttgart. It's obvious it comes through the diary reading. Um, and it was Roger Glover's birthday. And, yes, great stuff, great tour. You loved that tour, didn't you? There's probably a few alcoholics that say it when they go in the pub, aren't they? And for the 150th time, <laughs> I'm back. Um, 
Yeah, I did enjoy that tour. I really, uh, you know, the, it, 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 it'll be very apparent listening to the diary how um, how gracious Deep Purple were with us, you know, in, in inviting us in for a glass of champagne on their birthdays and stuff that normally just never happens between a, mm. a, a band and an opening band. Um but we got on really well with them. They're nice people. It's been lovely. That that whole section, that, that whole German tour has been really nice to hear about. It's Every single one of those entries has been really evocative, so that's been cool. Um, we, we need to talk about what's going on behind you, oh. <laughs> don't we? Because I oh, thought that was a Monopoly board. Oh, yes. No, that is. That's that's an H-Opoly board that's been sent to me by Martin and Roz Rowlett, who live in Thames Ditton. So they seem to know more about me than I know about myself. But what they've done is they've assembled a Monopoly board with the aim of featuring every aspect of my life that I've mentioned in the last 150 episodes. Um, and I think they've just about nailed it. They've not missed much out. They've got my rug and my yellow clogs and Donald Campbell and my blue Rickenbacker and the collard and collard piano I learnt to play on and Lord Byron and the Padstow Obios, the tequila, um, the Danish flag, the gin. They've even got a carry on, don't lose your head poster tucked in in the bottom corner. They've got my yellow clogs. Um, your Ricky's on there? Yeah, they've got the spider that bit me. They've got the Terry's, Terry's Old Gold that William Appleby used to hand out after choir practice. Uh, Still the, quite deser- disturbed by that, but carry on. They've got the, they've got the, crick- the, the cricket bat, the midi gloves, Neil Armstrong, Cirque uh, Soleil. Power now, well, it's the pianos, marbles. They've even got the cows playing cricket that used to give me nightmares when I was, that was on my bedroom wallpaper when I was about six. It used to keep me up all night. There, that's even on there. And then they've got just about every address I've ever lived at, from uh, <laughs> from the maternity ward at Helm Chase where I was born to Kendall. Flint Road intake, Lake Keen Road intake, Grove Vale, Wheatley Hills, Danham Grammar School, the William Appleby Choir, Trent Polytechnic, Shepperton, Melrose Avenue, Wilsdon, where, where we live next door but three to the mass murderer, Manor Drive Serbit, Nook End Studios, Chateau Marowak, Real World, the Crooked Billet, the Racket Club, the Royal Albert Hall, Middle Hill Englefield Green, Main Street Charlton, Islip Oxford, Bridge Street Brackley and my current address, which I won't say but apparently everybody already knows. (laughs) Uh, My allergy to cats, there's a picture of George Best. Um, I mean, there's basically anything and everything that I've ever enthused about. There's even... The label of the very first single, Harry Damazio, that Harlow released uh, on Pepper Records. <laughs> There's my P250 piano. 
There's, there's a copy of my diary. So basically, it's incredible. It's incredible. It's sort of... If a Monopoly board could be the story of your life, it's the story of my life. That is magnificent. I didn't realise that was what it was mm. when I just saw it behind you. So how did that just... Did that just appear then? It just appeared because this bugger has worked out where I live as well as everything else. So he, he sent it me through the post. It just arrived. Um, and I opened it, you know, and... <laughs> bit spooky to be honest mm. I thought how do they know all this and then I thought oh I've probably said it um, but um, someone's been taking notes I don't, mm. don't mind telling oh, you listening carefully haven't they listening very carefully yeah, which is concerning in of itself re-listening with a notepad mm. which brings us on to a general kind of question really right um, what, what, what have we learned what have you learned What's your abiding memory of TCD? If we if we stop today, and by the way, before you write in, we're not going to today. What's what's your you know what's your look back over 150 episodes telling you? It's telling me well. What I wouldn't have known or couldn't have guessed is is that we could still be rapping after 150 episodes as though we'd never really started. No, you know, it's that not is a like bit odd. it's not like we're having to work at this, is it? You know, or or find new things to talk about. They seem to find themselves. So I think you and I have a chemistry that we may have suspected we had, but could could never have realised <laughs> what um, what an explosive chemistry we have. You know, in the sense that. We're like one of those things that your chemistry teacher used to put down one plug hole in the chemistry lab, you know, when f flames came up out the other one. Did you ever do that? No. Ah, we had this We had this chemistry teacher called Flash Adamson, and he was called Flash because he'd once, he'd, once uh, uh, <laughs> he'd once blown a hole in the wall. Um, and um, he was a bit nuts. I must have told you about him. And he used to wear these shirts. He lived with his mother. And he used to wear these shirts that would be, you know, they'd be cotton shirts and the collar would be one colour and it'd carry on down and then it'd stop and there'd be a horizontal seam on a different material. And then that would stop and there'd be another seam. And basically his mother had, had, had sort of made him shirts out of all his ruined shirts from various acidic experiments. Um, so he was a very eccentric guy. And one of the things he used to delight in doing was throwing substances down the plug hole. You know, you had those long benches with the, that had mm. a line of sinks. Mm. Did you have those in your yes. school? Well, he would throw something down a plug hole at one end and we would all run to the other end and watch the flames come out the other end. Um, that was one of his like, party tricks. It's like a chemist playing poo sticks. Yeah. <laughs> High explosive poo sticks. I like that. <laughs> so and just, that's brilliant. <laughs> well, you and I are, are a bit like what whatever went down that plug hole. <laughs> so if we both stood at one end with, <laughs> with with kind of an adjoining line of sink, we had a line of sinks each. We'd both throw something in, run down the other end to see whose explosion would go off first. Uh, yes. 
Well, I'd like to think they'd both go off at the same time. At the same and time. Har- and they un- harmonise with each other. Yeah, yeah. Oh, bless, bless you for that. <laughs> I didn't know how you were going to describe our relationship, but I'll take that. <laughs> Absolutely take that. You're right in the fact that we haven't run out of things to say, and it's. But here's the crazy thing. I mean, this is this is 150 hours, largely about your life. Well, yeah. Well, largely about whatever I'm thinking about, honestly. At that day, time, yeah, I guess. Yeah, but reference in my life, definitely. Yeah. It, have we have we got to the essence of you? Well, that's for other people to decide, isn't it? Right. Really. Um, so what would Lynetta say? I mean, she'd have to listen for a start. <laughs> she won't. <laughs> You'd need a machine gun for her <laughs> to listen to this lot, I think. Um, she probably has an idea what I am. And, uh, it's probably not, not, not totally flattering. Um, <laughs> well, she had, a, she had a, an idea all about you in Bista Village. Mm, she did. She did. She probably realises that I'm a nice bunch of guys. Mm. I think we all know that. Mm. Thank you very much. I think that's that. I think that's the thing we've all found out, isn't it? <laughs> Over all that time. Well, a bunch of guys, definitely. And do you know what I found out? What I found, I I didn't expect, I didn't know or expect that you would laugh as much as you laugh. Right. No, I do. I do. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a giggler. You have a wicked sense of humour. I do. I do, and it starts when I open my eyes in the morning, and it doesn't mm. really quit at any point. And if there's nothing funny, I'll find something funny in the unfunny things. That's my nature. And I think that's why we get on, because <laughs> I think I'm exactly the same. And but you know, here's a serious point, though. But I think we both do it because if we didn't, we'd get annoyed about a lot of things, and that's not a place to be. No, it's not a place to be, and. Yeah, if 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 giggling gets you through the day, you should most definitely giggle, um, because we've got to get through the days, haven't we? Um, mm. And we all have we all have our problems, and we all have the things about the world that we don't think are fair or right. And it's good to rail against them, and it's good to do what you can, but it's also good to protect yourself so yeah i'm a i'm an inane kind of i mean vibes you you should probably ask vibes what i'm like <laughs> oh i'm going to at some point <laughs> there's still there's still the episode the the sophie nile and vibes episode still needs to happen vibes has formed his own opinion most definitely of uh, of what i am <laughs> I have a similar relationship with my youngest son. Who did I, t- did I tell you? There was one one morning I was singing something to Jack. I, went, I decided that morning I was going to sing at him. So instead of talking, I, I, I sang everything to him. Right. And we got we got about three or four lines in, and he just turned to me and said, "Dad, don't ever do that again." Right. Yeah. Yeah. As deadpan well, as you like. Well, they they get embarrassed a lot at that age, and so. The last thing you want when you're in your teens is 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 a effervescent parent. 
<laughs> Never peasant parent. Yeah, it's the last thing you want. <laughs> right. Some form of stomach remedy of a parent. <laughs> Andrews. It, can you still get that? Can you still get Andrews? Oh, bound to be able to. Surely. I've not seen it for a long time. What was the other one? Well, have you been in, looking for it? was the one in the tin? Was that Andrews? No, I don't think Andrews in the was in the tin. Was tin that, you know, used to fizz. Liver like, salts, wasn't it? Andrews, liver salts. No, that was yeah. Andrews then. Oh, I'm thinking of Alka-Seltzer. Plink, plink, fizz. Oh, yes, plink, plink, fizz, fizz. What's yes. if it is? Yeah. Yes. Um, I don't think you get that anymore, can you? Well, I think you can get Alka-Seltzer as well. Yeah. yeah. We've just been looking in all the wrong places. I'm just not spending enough time in boots. That's the trouble. <laughs> I think you should start spending some time in boots, around. wandering around boots. <laughs> How could that end badly? Hanging around the dispensary. Yeah. You do know that's the way it's going anyway. You know that back in the day, in the 60s, the the government had a... Have I, have I said this before? The, the government had a policy for a while of uh, dishing out... Um, oh, what's that stuff with the jellies that you get if you're a heroin addict? Uh, methadone. Methadone. Um, for free. And I think they even dished out um, cocaine and stuff like that for addicts. And they would all go and queue up at the dispensary in um, Trafalgar Square on, on a certain day of the week, I think it was a Tuesday morning at 9am or something. And all the way parked up the road would be all of these um, limos and rollers that would belong to all these rock and roll stars. Because as soon as they got their stuff from the dispensary, they'd come outside and sell it to Jimmy Page or whoever was there. You know, you'd have all of these rock stars all queuing up to buy these drugs off these drug addicts because they'd get them for nothing because they were registered. And they'd uh, and it'd be really good stuff because it was straight from behind the counter of boots. You know, it wasn't, wasn't from a dealer. So that Are you to trying to tell us that you hang around boots in Brackley and buy liver salts off people? No, I'm just I'm just oh. recalling that that used to go on. And that, that used to be could, a thing. Could be a way forward for uh, hmm. for purchasing, uh, you know, indigestion remedies. <laughs> I can't think of anything more inane. There's a to thing. End. There's a thing. Um, oh, hang on. Have I talked about Engov? N- have I talked about Ngov? Ngov? The Brazilian hangover cure. No. There's a thing they have in Brazil called Ngov, uh, which I think is a sort of Brazilian attempt at a sort of acronym between en- ending hangover and Ngov. Um, and they're like in sort of gold foil. I've got some in a drawer somewhere. And... It's supposed to get rid of really bad hangovers, and the Brazilians do like a party, as you know. And uh, I got terribly drunk in Brazil on the odd occasion, and was given these things, and they're they're in tablet form. You put them in water, a bit like Alka Seltzer, only smaller. But they also come with a bottle of kind of green fluid that you then drink as well. And I think it's supposed to 
you know, replace all the stuff that you've lost being heartily sick in the night. So yeah. I like the idea of that. I love the idea of a hangover remedy that comes with its own chaser. Mm. <laughs> and a whistle. It doesn't come with a whistle, but it ought. A <laughs> glow stick. <laughs> Oh, dear. They like a whistle, the Brazilians. Oh, and why wouldn't you? Should we should we call it a day for 150? All right, then. Do you know why they like a whistle? Because when they've got the big samba bands and they and they get a huge rhythm going on the street or wherever they happen to be, um, and there's always somebody with a whistle... And when the whistle goes, it's a bit like, you know, you have with sheepdogs, I guess, where the whistle, the guy blows the whistle and depending on how many, how many peeps he blows on his whistle, it's a signal for the rhythm to change to another rhythm. And so then they go into another rhythm, seemingly, you know, with ESP. You go, how did they all know? And it's the whistle. So if you ever hear a samba band going, you know, rap bashing away, and you hear a guy on a whistle, he's the one in charge. He's the ref. Right. The chief whistler. Yeah, he's the man. He's like the, the conductor. Right. Just thought, that's something the, the people probably didn't know. Hmm. That, that's so... What's the word? Seismic. <laughs> So whistles, hangover cures, rainforest. Giggling. Carmen Miranda. Brazil. Lovely. I'll see you for 151 then. (laughs) Toodaloo, Anthony, that was real. Thanks for listening to the Corona Diaries. It featured Steve Hogarth with the insights and me, Ant Short, with the questions. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and maybe leaving a review as this will help others find it. You could even share with other like-minded souls, should the mood take you. This has been an A Short Stories production. <laughs>